Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. KWTX at 4 starts now. Thanks for joining us. I'm Justin Early here with Megan Boyd and meteorologist Camille Hawksworth. And it's Wednesday, so we're getting over that hump in the middle of the week. Two more days till the weekend. We're almost there. Yes, just another hot one outside. Oh, and goodness. it's it's really windy. It is windy, windy Wednesday. Windy Wednesday. Yes. Not Tuesday, but Wednesday. And that wind is not um, doing us any favors with the wildfire risk here in central Texas yeah. because the winds have gone up. It, it, typically off the coast, the winds increase and the humidity increases in the wildfire potential goes down, but it's just so extreme with the extreme temperatures, the drought, the dry vegetation that that's not doing much. The lower humidity is not doing much to lower the wildfire risk here in central Texas today. Yeah, let's get to our daily four along similar lines. This subject, it is one of the premier tourist destinations in the world, but Hawaii is experiencing some devastating wildfires right now. In fact, we just learned within the past few moments it has become deadly wildfires as well. The island of Maui is especially hard hit with some people forced to jump into the ocean to escape the flames and smoke. Many have wow. been evacuating the island at local hospitals there in Maui. They're sending patients to other islands because they don't have the capacity to handle all of the burn victims, so they're going to other islands to get them some help. There are some fires on the big island of Hawaii as well. Uh, the National Weather Service said Hurricane Dora, which has been passing to the south of the island chain at 500 miles away, safe distance, it was still partly to blame for gusts above 60 miles per hour that knocked out power as night fell and rattled homes, grounded firefighting helicopters as well. We know fighting from the air is crucial in situations like this. The dangerous fire conditions created by the strong winds and low humidity were expected to last through this afternoon. Um, it, it is difficult to see. A lot of folks head there for vacation. A lot of folks live there. Homes and businesses burned. It's going to be a major rebuilding in Maui. We hate to see that for anyone, you know, a situation like that. Such cultural history there as well. Mm -hmm. And yep. just to think about the fact that it is they're stuck and there's not much room to evacuate. So to hear that people are having to get on boats and jump into the ocean right. and things like that to try to get away from it is a terrible situation. It's not like here where you can drive down the interstate and get to right. a safe zone. Right. I mean, this is that you have the ocean and hopefully a boat to get away in. But uh, the Coast Guard's been rescuing people there who have been trying to flee the fires. Um, we don't know how these began, but we do know, like you said, here in Texas, high fire risk hot, dry conditions. Many fires are preventable, though. And incidentally, Smokey there, who famously told us only you can prevent forest fires, he actually turned 79 years old today. Smokey so the bear. congratulations, Smokey. It's a reminder to do what we can to prevent wildfires because last year, 87% of them in the U.S. were caused by humans. 87%. These didn't just ignite by themselves. So we can do things that, you know, take a little bit more care. You know, one cigarette thrown in the wrong place or one if you're welding outside, a little right. spark could do it. So we've seen those things happen before. You know, and we've actually seen a couple of wildfire spark from people mowing their lawns yeah. on the grass that's so dry. So you just think like some mundane, just everyday activities, those also could spark wildfire. So you just want to be mindful of that over the next few days here at home too, because the grass is just ex so extremely dry that any of those activities we kind of just need to avoid, uh, right. especially during the peak heating hours of the day. Certainly. All right. Well, that's number two in our daily four.
Well, iPhone users, we got to retrain our brains a little bit, or at least our thumbs. Apple has a new update, and in it, they're going to move the end call button, and they're moving it to the bottom right of the screen. So you see there now, it's kind of in the middle bottom mm -hmm. there. They're moving it to the bottom right. Something else new, this is pretty interesting. The mm -hmm. live voicemail feature is going to transcribe a voicemail from a caller in real time. So you will have the ability to pick up the call if you see whoever's leaving the voicemail is actually oh. a call you wanted to take. What a cool uh -huh. feature like okay. from when landlines sure. you know, had that capability. <laughs> also going to be a tool called Name Drop. Users can share contact information by just placing two iPhones near each other. So you can share contacts just by physically okay. putting your phones next to each other. Okay, that's a feature that I've seen in other phones in previous years. Like I was going to say, I've, I've seen like a video right? of that Wasn't before, that but that's a cool feature too. Yeah, it is a good These one, are yeah. all um, debuting next month. Okay, so if, oh, no, I was going to say, I feel like we glossed over the moving the. Um, oh yeah, no, that's a big button. deal. Like that is the biggest deal whenever you have an incoming call and you need to take the other call because right now, if you say in call and accept the other call, it. it it's not in the right order. Like, so if you accept the call, wait, how do you do it? So if you take your, if you <laughs> want to just go straight to that call, uh -huh. but the other person ends the phone call before you do, it says cancel call. Oh, I see. Okay. So if you're like, I want to answer this, but right. the person you're talking to hangs up, then it drops. So then you lose both. So moving it over, yeah. I think, will actually be a good thing. Okay. This is like twister of your thumb, basically. Yeah. What's yeah. happening here? If you have the habit, I'm of, excited uh, about that one. So yeah, that's true. Well, if you, you know, if you like, if you're frustrated with somebody on the phone. You better make sure before you call them that before fool. Just, that yeah. fool. I'll deal with that fool later. Before you better make sure that button is hit, hit it on the side. You don't want to get in trouble. That, it it you don't can get, in get trouble. really frustrating when it just can. the simplest things move a little <laughs> bit and like your thumb. Like I remember when they changed the keyboard on the iPhone, mm -hmm. and I would have so many typos because oh, my thumbs were used to going mm -hmm. the certain ways. So it'll take some adjusting. But yeah. Some of those features are pretty cool. Yeah, I do like some of the changes they're gonna. Why? Be. Why are we moving them. the hang up button? Because I just told I, you. <laughs> Because I do, great. because you're moving it over. Like, I'm going to call you. You call Justin, Megan, and I'll yes. be on the phone. And then I'll call you, and then you say, Justin, goodbye. I'll talk to you later and try to get my call. But then you hang up before. Does yeah. that make sense? And then you can't answer my call. Okay, I'm maybe that's answering. the reason. I'm never I have, never been in I have trauma situation. from this because then I'm like, I lost both of them. And then I have to like <laughs> dial back everybody. Aww. But yeah. <laughs> I'm never answering the phone again, by the way. Uh, all right, let's go. It debates news, news next month, I think. This is what you said. Yes, right. next month. Yep. All right, now it's number three in our daily four. All right, guys, the microphone that Cardi B hurled at a fan last month at a Las Vegas show, we talked about it on the 4 o'clock, it's now worth a whole lot more than it started at. It is selling for nearly $100,000 in an eBay auction. The mic was initially uh, put on sale by the audio production company that provided sound equipment the day of that incident. And the owner of that company told CBS News that his company, which gives audio support to many nightclubs, has been providing audio gear to that area since their grand opening at um, the Cromwell Hotels over nine years ago. But he eventually got the mic mm -hmm. and put it up for auction and is sending the proceeds to two charities, Friendship Circle Las Vegas and the Wounded Warrior Project. So that's kind of cool that that money yeah. is gonna go to some charities. He said that he was able to verify that the mic was in fact the one that was launched into the crowd because it how, of how it was labeled and synchronized with Cardi B's earpiece. So 
Pretty interesting turn of events there. I mean, yeah. who would buy this microphone? I, you know, I think somebody with a story to tell. There's sure. probably a reason why they want to bring this up. I don't know what their story is, but you, you're going to put that much money up unless you have something that really you're going to do with it. Right. Uh, maybe bringing attention to protecting performers on stage from being things being thrown right. at them, or sure. maybe misunderstandings and yeah. you know the, what happened in that situation. Maybe they also just knew the charity that was going to benefit yeah, from it. That's true too. To use that. and those are two excellent ones for sure. Or maybe right. they're just a Cardi B super fan. And they right. could be that too. <laughs> I was looking actually um, the charges against Cardi B. You know yes. she did face some uh, I think uh, maybe assault charges. Those have been dropped against right. her, so that, yeah. that has all been cleared up. Which yeah, the is fan good. made a police complaint mm -hmm. about that, but mm -hmm. nothing, nothing's been filed. Yeah, interesting things, but yeah, let's keep our keep our hands to ourselves when we go to the concerts. <laughs> now to uh, our last day. In a book, if you uh, <laughs> like to read, it's all about reading today. It is National Book Lovers Day. Bookworms can mark the day by starting a book club, visiting the library or a used bookstore, maybe even turn the tables and start writing your own book today. Of course, reading is uh, a way to celebrate. Um, to a child here we go and then if but if you're a parent and you're struggling to get your child to read scholastic.com has three ways to encourage your child to read first off make sure your child has access to a variety of books for younger readers scholastic recommends placing books of different genres at an eye level on a family bookshelf secondly let kids choose their own books Ask your child about their interests, guide them towards those books that are at the library or even at the store. Uh, pick one of those up and, and read it habitually. And last, create a fun reading ritual. It's important to let your kids know that books just aren't for bedtime. So introducing reading at different parts of the day can help build a love for books that can last a lifetime. That's a good yeah. point, not just at bedtime. Yeah, I remember being a kid, there's a point I think at which a lot of us, you know, you shift from just watching TV constantly to really wanting to read. And I know when I was hitting those like middle, middle school and then teen years, you're just reading voraciously in the summertime, whether it's part of a book club or because you just get so much joy out of it. Right. And I mean, I remember loving um, all of those uh, just autobiographies. I love autobiographies for sure. Tina Fey's book, Bossy Pants, if uh -huh. you've ever read that book, it's one of my favorites in the world. That's great. Any, you know, comedian who writes an autobiography is going to be a great read. <laughs> um, and then, you know, going back to the classics, um, the picture of Dorian Gray. Do you know that one, Oscar Wilde? Uh -huh. When I was a, like a teenager, that one really hit home with me. Even though it was an old book, it made a lot of sense. Some of the themes. What were some of your favorite books to read as a, as a, as a young person? Go ahead. Or well, now. no, I was just gonna say that you just hit the hit nail on the head too. Like that book had a lasting impact mm -hmm. on you, and you're stable to talk about it. And I think you know the conversation of just having books. And I'm sorry to like sideswipe your your question, but you know they have such an impact on us, and we didn't yeah. even know right. that those stories are gonna be relatable, or, or you find them later on in life. Yeah. And so that's why at our house we always <coughs> we always read books. Actually, we've got like um, we don't have any toys in the bedroom, but we have a bookshelf. We've got like toys in another part of the house, but um, we've done things before like the very hungry caterpillar I've got young kids so that's one that kind of resonates with us but taking that book out in the middle of the day and then doing a craft that goes along with it I oh, think that's a good cool. idea. maybe that's that fun. they're able to like remember yeah. some of those themes and maybe have a lasting impact yeah, on them too so yeah. true <laughs> I was just gonna say I have vivid memories my dad read us the entire Harry Potter series oh, wow. uh, when we were kids so. did you do voices yeah, I mean, yeah, he did it. It was awesome. We were so obsessed with that series, and it was just a little bit before, you know, we. it was a little too mature reading mm -hmm. for us and our reading level at the time, but he would read those books to us, yeah. and so, yeah, that was special. It's us. always amazing when you just, I mean, you create this whole world in your mind when you're reading a book or when you're hearing someone read it to you that is so specific to you as an individual, it makes it a singular experience, so celebrating Absolutely. those books on this day for sure. Well, coming up in addition to hitting the books, kids make their return to school sports. Tips on how to keep them 
safe this season as, as we continue our back to school week up next. Back to School Week continues here on KWT Exit 4. We know that sports and extracurricular activities can add a lot of fun to the school experience. Definitely, but with that fun comes the potential, of course, for injury. So here to help us keep kids safe is Dr. Laura Irvin from Baylor Scott & White Southwest Sports Medicine. So thank you for coming today. We appreciate seeing you again. You've got some good advice for us so far this year as we head back to school. Uh, sports medicine in particular, that's kind of where your expertise lies, right? What sports did you play growing up? So I ran cross country and track in high school. Didn't do much from the coordinating side, though. That wasn't in my area of expertise. Cross country, though, that takes a lot of endurance. Yeah. It can certainly require some uh, practical, you know, practices when it comes to your health and maintaining that for sure, too. For sure. So according to Stanford Medicine, I believe it's somewhere around 3.5 million sports-related injuries are happening every year among kids. Can you talk about some of the safety things that you want parents to know this year? Sure. I think something that's really important is there's traumatic injuries that happen in sports but there's also overuse injuries and those overuse injuries are almost more common than the traumatic and that happens from kids playing the same sport year-round without taking a break there's been a lot of studies about sports specialization which is picking one sport at a young age and how doing the same repetitive motions to growing muscles and bones cause some of those overuse injuries so really encouraging parents to let their kids play multiple different sports throughout the year and taking a break for their growing bodies resting at least one day a week and at least one month a year off of a specific sport can really help prevent some of those injuries and so i guess when you think of those kinds of um, overuse injuries do, do sprains and strains kind of come in in that in that avenue or they can happen i guess independently too but again if you're if you're tired your body's tired then that's what it that's kind of what's going to happen to you i mm -hmm. imagine you can even have um, growth plate injuries and growing kids that can affect um, their growth later on in life if it's not treated properly. Well, let's talk about the big one. I mean, concussions, head injuries. That's that's always going to be something we're concerned about. And we've heard a lot of research in the past 20 years about identifying those things and preventing them. Um, what are things that parents should look for as signs that maybe their child has experienced something like this? Sure. There's obvious the obvious signs that we all know. Someone gets hit in the head. They look dazed, confused. They can lose consciousness for a brief period of time. They'll complain of headache. They can vomit. There are some mild hits that can happen that we may not realize it's a concussion right away. Some changes can be they might be sleeping more or less than usual. They might have a change in mood that is not typical for them, which in teenagers might be a little challenged to tell, but they might be angrier than they typically are, more tearful. They might even have trouble focusing or being slow to speak and just not like their normal self. So those are the ones that um, doctors may not pick up on right away because they don't know their child as well as their parents do. Yeah, so those would be true. the ones to really pay attention to. And what can coaches, parents, even these athletes themselves do to prevent concussions? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I try to describe this as it's like wearing a seatbelt in a car. So when you wear your seatbelt in a car, it's not going to prevent a car accident, but it's going to prevent you from being hurt more if you weren't wearing that seatbelt. So things you can do to wear that seatbelt in sports is to wear proper fitting gear if you have a sport with that. It's making sure you're following the rules for contact sports, whether that's football or soccer, and using the right technique is really what's going to help. Other than those head injuries, what are some of the most common other kinds of injuries parents can maybe uh, take into account and, and learn to kind of teach their kids to avoid? 
I think the biggest thing, especially along with heat illness, is making sure that they're warming up properly, they're working on their strength and flexibility when they're not practicing to make sure those tendons and ligaments are strong when they do need to be out there on the court or fields. Right, and you mentioned the heat here in Texas, that's huge right now, and we have so many teams mm -hmm. practicing first thing in the morning, but just what are some of those signs of heat-related injuries, because as we know, it's not going away. Sure. One of the biggest things to help prevent would be to get your child acclimated to the heat before their practices start. Okay. So that way they're used to the heat in that time of day before day one of practice. Hydration is important, not day of, but even multiple days before. And if they're going to practice for more than an hour, it's changing to a sport electrolyte carbohydrate drink as well. Um, wearing sunscreen, yeah. cool clothes, all of that can help. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we talked about some of the bad things that can happen, but obviously there are tremendous benefits uh, when it comes to athletics for adolescents. What are some of those? Absolutely, so there are physical benefits. It helps with bone health, it helps you maintain a healthy weight, stay active, but there's also mental and social skills that are developed that are beneficial. There's studies showing that um, you don't develop as many chronic illnesses if you're really? active. Okay. You do better in school. Um, you're less likely to get in trouble and things that set you up more go to college, have better careers, and really does build that teamwork experience. Yeah, wow. that's what we do. We love that teamwork, love that fun. All right, yes. thank you so much. We appreciate you being here again.